This is an EO APAC production, and the Phoenix is rising. This is episode 3 of Phoenix Rising, where we talk to entrepreneurs in the EO membership about their stories of how they went through pivots, how they went through changes in their lives, and how they came out of it, obviously in a successful manner. Today, we talk to Haraya Del Rosario. Oh, she really, really loves it uh, to be called Ia. An EO member from the Philippine South chapter. She's the founder of Straight Arrow, a pioneer of the creative outsourcing industry in the Philippines, providing services in outsourced digital marketing, creative design, and creative technology. She's also a certified implementer of the Entrepreneurial Operating System, or better known as EOS, which are global frameworks for company growth. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome Ia. Hi, Ia. Hi, Ray. I'm so happy to be speaking with you again and, and sharing this afternoon with you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Ia, for coming on. Uh, you know, we've, we've been friends uh, a while and uh, today's going to be a very different conversation. And today's conversation is really about pivoting and changes uh, through life and even in business. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of a touchy conversation, sensitive conversations. We've not had conversations like this. So I wanted to thank you for coming on board today. You're very welcome. Go boldly, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the, the, the first question I have, uh, Ia, is um, what was the probably the significant change that you can remember? Sorry, when did you start Straight Arrow? 2010, June okay. 3, 2010, about 11 years ago. 11 years ago. And was that your first entrepreneurial journey in Straight Arrow? Yes. Yes, this was my first entrepreneurial journey. Okay. Before that, you were also in the creative industry, if I understand it correctly? Um, not really. I was in several industries. It was outsourcing services before Straight Arrow um, and Get Creative. So these two companies, all, we launched almost at the same time. Yeah, but, but mostly corporate experience. Okay. And can you share a little bit about what Straight Arrow does? Uh, Straight Arrow, we're like, we, we're creative muscle for marketing, corporate marketing teams and digital agencies in the countries that we serve. So it's just most, mostly US and um, the UK. So our clients do the strategizing and account management and we help them execute on those strategies with design or mobile or web app development or running the marketing automation platform. So we're the skills, we're the creative muscle, they're the creative brains, and that's how we work together with our clients. Wow. And how many how many people do you have in your teams? At the moment, we're over 200, so we're pushing Ooh. 250 people. Wow. That's, that's a huge setup. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. And how was it during the pandemic for you? Uh, it was it was okay. We were very blessed to have had clients who really grew with us. So at the beginning of the pandemic, we quickly scaled down by about 10% in terms of our revenues. And this was mostly of clients just trying to get really, really lean. And then from there, we started to grow again. And about um, maybe Q4... Beginning of Q4 last year, we were already at pre-pandemic levels. So now we're slowly back, going back to our growth path. So we're pretty okay. Wow. I, and, I, and I guess listening to your story before this, this chat, uh, this interview actually happened. I mean, this for you, 
isn't really a pivot. It isn't really a change for you, right? It was just going through the motion. I want to take you back a little bit. So were you always in business? Yeah, no. So I was in, in corporate before creative. Uh, about uh, I've been in corporate for maybe uh, maybe a dozen years before I went into entrepreneurship. Hmm. And what were you doing in corporate? Um, I was mostly in, well, general management before I shifted. But really, I, I love being in marketing and sales. Hmm. And that was... I think for, for a pivot, that would have been a pivot in, mm. in, since I graduated from college, I was thinking, you know, climb the corporate ladder of all of this multinational. So that was the dream. And I started to do that. Um, and then the pivot happened when, so it was actually a painful experience for me. There was a, there was some miscommunication in the company that I worked for, and it ended up with me being suspected of, malversation of funds oh, wow and that was very hurtful for me because i really worked very hard for this company and so you know investigations started actually the first round of investigations came back and the cfo at uh, the, the chr concluded that i was really um uh, they really couldn't trust me anymore and i did my own investigation and, and tried to enlist the help of people involved and so finally the actual documents came out so to make a long story short i was all um that my name my name was cleared up and i was actually given compensation for all the trouble and the stress that that i went through right but i stopped at that moment and said you know there there must be another way like it was just too painful for me and it and in the same way that those people that I worked with, with felt they couldn't trust me anymore. I didn't feel like I could trust them anymore. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't go back. So my um, then boyfriend, now husband said, you know, if you work this hard and you're good and you're focused, you should try to work for yourself. And mm -hmm. so that started the journey. So, you know, we were talking about pivots earlier. I discovered Mind Valley over this pandemic because of Vision's um, yes. CEO event, right? So I'm a I'm a fan. I've been going through quests, and one of the quests that I'm uh, going through. Did you know he used to be an EO Malaysia member? I didn't know he was EO Malaysia member, but I knew he was an EO member. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he's a he's a guy that pushes himself to the limits of growth, and I I love that. So I was going through one of these quests, and in this quest. Um, the guy said, the guide was saying, you know, sometimes when things happen in our lives, it's like life hands us a present, but in, in many cases, it's ugly wrapper. And when we see the ugly wrapper, we don't even take the time anymore to just be curious and open it up because just the papers, the wrapper is ugly and we set it aside, right? I think that's what happened to me. When he was saying this, I was thinking, you know, there were, there was, a few big gifts that was given to me in my life that was wrapped in very ugly, dirty, not enticing wrappers at all. But thankfully, I opened it. Something happened and I decided to open it. And when I opened it, it was a precious, precious, precious gift inside. Like entrepreneurship is a precious, precious gift. I absolutely love that. Right, because we look at the ugly wrapper most of the time and we just don't even want to touch it because we only see what's on the surface. And if we don't take the time to actually discover what's inside, we may never even ever, ever discover it. 
you know, going back to uh, what we spoke about before the interview, and you said that there was something else that happened before in your life which caused a really major pivot. And I want to touch a bit on the whole thing about you going from medicine to this whole new journey. Why were you in medicine? And can you tell us a little bit about that story? Sure. So growing up, right, as a little girl, I've always wanted to heal people. So maybe side comment, maybe this is why even now I'm trying to see, you know, maybe I can be a healer and, and not really be in medicine, but I've always wanted to be a medis- uh, uh, in medicine. And specifically, I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. So even in grade school, I was reading up, I was taking extra time to read up on human anatomy and the powerful brain and the nerves and all that. Um, And I was my, so another aspect of all that is I'm also a a big daddy's girl and I loved my dad. So I would talk to my dad a lot about being in medicine. I would take care of him when he goes older and things like that. And then when I was 13, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Mm. And it happened so fast, like within a couple of months, he was scheduled for surgery. The brain tumor was as big as an egg. And, you know, I, you know, when I reflect, I'm thinking, you know, that was another, another gift, right? My decision at that point could have either been, I'm really now going to be a a neurosurgeon so I can save more people from this. I can, I can have an active hand in it. But what happened was my dad had several doctors and one in charge of each major organ. And I was really looking up to the team of neurosurgeons and they weren't able to save him. And so I was thinking, I can't be a, I can't be a doctor because I I cannot have, I'm not ready for this responsibility and I don't know what I'll do if if some if a father comes into my operating room and a little girl looks at me and like it's all in your hands, I may not even be able to operate. So like, so that that was why the, my entire life it was you know science um, I was always excelling in science and I was all focused. And then just when I was about to go to university and make that decision. I had scholarships for biology, I had scholarships with two schools for medicine, and I realized I can't do it. So that was my, so like, what will I do? I don't know. <laughs> what should I do? Okay, just go to business school. We'll figure it out after that. That must have been a really big pivot to make that kind of decision. And business is such a different, totally different industry to medicine. Yeah, you spoke about the the whole impact and and probably not wanting to to have lives at your hands, right? The decision making of lives in your hands. How how did that then play out in the business world then? Um, I think the reason why I shifted into business and I felt like I it was not as sensitive as medicine, at least not the path in medicine that I wanted to take, is because in business there's a lot of people involved like it's more collaboration versus everything is up to you although now as an entrepreneur and especially during the pandemic there were times when i felt like i was absolutely at the spot i was trying to avoid like everything was on in my hands but it it never is i think going going through my entrepreneurial journey and especially being part of eo and this community made me realize that even when i feel like 
you know, everything, I'm responsible for everything. Um, I'm not alone. I'm really part of this whole ecosystem, whole fabric of all this positive energy. And it's just the focus is just on me at the moment. So I find it, maybe I joined EO before I needed to make the decision to become a, a, a neurosurgeon. I probably would have stuck with medicine because I knew I was supportive. Mm. But um, I think business empowers you in a way that allows the involvement of a lot more people that even when you need me to make the final decision, there's a lot more support. Mm. I think that's amazing. Uh, this is one of the things that I've learned in EO as well. That we, we, we can't go through journeys in life alone. We always need people around us. And, you know, one of the topics that uh, we spoke about is this whole thing about family and support and all that. And if I may, yeah, I, I wanted to just ask if you could share a little bit about this whole family and how did you pivot through it? Because I knew you, you didn't go through a very easy time in terms of family and marriage. And that was a major pivot for you as well. Yeah, I would say that is the, the, probably the biggest pivot in my life because I grew up, you know, in the Philippines, we're a Catholic country and I grew up Catholic and marriage was a very sacred sacrament to me. So um, I got married when I was 26 and I had my first baby at 27 and then shortly Actually, even before I gave birth, I knew that I was in the wrong, well, not that I didn't know I was in the wrong relationship, but it was a very tough relationship already. Mm-hmm. So my marriage failed and um, it failed in a bad way because I had to relocate. So I, I grew up in Manila, in the city center in Manila, not grew up. I established myself in the city center, started a career there. And then I moved to the provinces when I got married to raise a family. So I had to start from zero I'm like I left my job and I was very focused on family and when my marriage failed I had two children at that time my eldest Aaliyah was I think two years old at that time and then I had a like a baby baby a newborn child when I realized you know it's God loves me and I know he wouldn't want me to suffer this way so I you know I, I need I need to move on I had to go back to Manila and start over um, you know, when, when I was thinking about the pandemic, where we were during the pandemic and where we could be versus where I was when I started my entrepreneurial, not even my entrepreneurial, my journey back in Manila after the annulment, after the after my marriage failed. When I got back to Manila after my marriage failed, I was not even at zero. I had two babies. I had no job. And I had, haven't had a job for like a couple of years focused on the babies. I was negative, right? I wasn't even, I just needed to get to zero. So I was, thankfully, I, my siblings and my mom, my family was there to support me. And, you know, they took care of my babies and I started over. During the pandemic, you know, we were at 100%. We were talk, talking about maybe losing 10%, maybe losing 20%. But that entire time, I was thinking, God, I, I've been to negative 20%. You know, I can do this. And during that time, I, I had family, so I had support. This time, I had a much bigger family. Like, I had friends. I had EO. I had, you know, I had the EOS community. I had the, the, the employees. I had my, my girls were big already. And my girls were taking care of me during that time, too. So, I, you know, we can, we've, we've been 
I think that if we take things into perspective, we'd realize, I, mean, I think most of us will realize that we've been to very low points in our lives before, but maybe when you, we look at the perspective of or the time frame, right? We kind of single out the pandemic because it's, it's recent. It's tough and I don't want to discount it, mm-hmm. but you know, we're, we're no strangers to it you know, to tough times and, and we can, you know, we can do it. And the beauty of being in EO is there's just all of this support and all of this energy, right? And so let's stay connected. Yeah. I don't wish that upon anybody and, and nobody should ever have to go through it. Right? But I, I think it's always in the, um, in the movement or the outcome after we've gone through a pit, you know, we, we're all being thrown into pits in our lives. And I'm just so amazed by hearing your story and many other stories as well, even when I'm doing these interviews, of how strong entrepreneurs are with regards to handling things like that. I mean, my next question is this, going from medicine to business, going through the whole needing to reset and restart your life with regards to your marriage. And I assume that that all happened before Straight Arrow? Yes. Yeah, okay. Did it, did it happen a long time before Straight Arrow? Uh, no, the shift to entrepreneurship, uh, so m- maybe about the uh, the marriage break breaking apart was falling apart was maybe three years before Straight Arrow. Okay. So not too long before. Because yeah. you were mentioning just now about uh, uh, how how a boyfriend uh, encouraged you to start Straight Arrow, so that life kind of resetted and pivoted itself as well. Yes. Yeah, and he's American. And I remember growing up, because, you know, I grew up in, in, in a place in, up in the north in Baguio where we were close to a U.S. base. And yeah. I would see foreigners, I'd see Americans, and I'd tell myself, I will never marry an American. Like, why would I ever marry? So I'm married to an American now. <laughs> Our moms always tell us, don't wish for things because you, you, you know, or don't reject things because those are the things that you will get in return in the future. Yes. Yeah, life is just really... I don't know. I think one of the reasons why we can't take ourselves too seriously and we can't take life too seriously because it's just so unpredictable, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. So you know what? Yeah, I I love to talk to you for three hours and you know, we've had so much conversations together, but I have one last final question for you. So looking through all these different pivots in life, changes in life, it is proven that you have really raised uh, above the ashes. You have a company now which is successful, 200 over employees. What do you think was necessary in those pivots? What are the reflections to be where you are today? That's a great question. It reminds me of two quotes that I always go back to when I go through these changes, right? The first one is from Gandhi and he said, Something like, I'm paraphrasing, I can't remember the exact line, but he said something like, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. When I think about the strength that I got from starting over from a failed marriage, the entire time it was, you know, the, the looking at my daughters, seeing them and, you know, being so determined to be there for them, that made everything possible. I, I was always in a hurry to get to whatever hard thing I need to get to through my day so I can spend, you know, the weekend with them or the end of the day with them. Um, same same was true during the pandemic, right? My thinking was not what I was going to lose, but, you know, w- w- what the 
my team, the clients may lose if I don't show up in my in my best fighting form, right? So like if we, I think if we focus on people that we love and care about, it helps. And the second one is the Cervantes, the road is better than the end, right? Just taking on the journey for all the surprises and all the detours and just taking it in stride, knowing that, you know, we never know where the, the, the end is going to be, where the end of this journey is going to be. But the journey is amazing. Like, let's, let's go through the journey and learn as much as we can from this journey and, and, and find the, the, the meaning in the journey because we live it every day. So then the pivot just becomes, oh, okay, difficult detour. There was supposed to be a road here, but now it's hugely blocked. What do we do? Do we rappel? Do we, and then it starts a whole new adventure, I think. And if, if you just stay curious, maybe, we get to unwrap these ugly gifts and see, you know, really precious presents inside. Thank you so much, Ia. That was such an amazing last 20 minutes. You know, I love how you shared about, you know, really looking at, uh, not just looking at the surface of the wrapper. Uh, we can always look at it and we can see that it's so ugly. And we can just continuously staring at it. And we can, we can comment and we can, we can say, you know, I'm, not, I'm never going to touch it. But if we don't, we don't see the precious gift, the diamond that could potentially yeah. be sitting right inside, you know. And all we got to do is just, be strong and just just unwrap it. Just peep, right? Would you rather have a nice wrapper and an ugly gift or an ugly wrapper and a nice gift, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for talking to me today and sharing with us uh, so vulnerably about your stories. And I'm very sure that these stories will help someone in the community. You know, thank you so much. Very, very welcome. And thank you also for inviting me to your podcast. And I wish everyone... Um, good health, be safe, and a lot of positive energy. Thank you. And thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in today. If you like what you hear, do subscribe to this podcast. This is about Phoenix Rising. And it's about stories. And it's about lessons that we learn through life, about pivot and change to always become better people. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to an EO APAC production. If you enjoyed today's episode, do hit subscribe and share it with your friends and family. I look forward to sharing with you the next story of a Phoenix Rising.